Hey, what's up, guys? It's Big Cat. Before you start listening to this episode, I wanted to let you know that we're running a special sale on all Barstool merch. Go to store.barstoolsports.com and use code PODCAST for 10% off. Go to store.barstoolsports.com and use code PODCAST for 10% off. What it is! This is the Macho Man Randy Savage. And this is Hard Factor. And there is no one that does it better right now. Yeah, no. But he does it better. I ain't repeating myself. Go ahead, tell me something right now. Yeah, I'm living a nightmare. And I'm not a racist. And I'm always cheering. Oh, yeah. It is Thursday, September 10th, 2020. You're goddamn right it is. Yeah, it is, baby. Big time. We're back delivering you the news free of charge. You guys are about to get the news. Our our listeners, which is why I want to talk to you about something important right off the bat. We had a little meeting with HQ this morning. Everyone was there, and they stressed. They really stressed merch and how that is a determining factor in the value of the podcasts and the shows that they produce. And it will be a determining factor in whether or not we get signed up again in December when our contract right. is up. So, hey, we know that times are tough. We know that uh, money's tight, but just put throwing it out there. You buy a T-shirt, it really helps us to continue this quest of delivering you the news and, uh, you know, staying with you as long as we can, which we really want to do because we love you guys and we love doing this for you. So take it for what it's worth. And that's, right. uh, that's all I'm going to say about that. I'm wearing one of our shirts right now. If you go to YouTube, you can check it out. But, yeah, this last one that we put up, which is still up is sexy. And it was sent in, you know, by multiple listeners. So, like it was like, a, yeah, and we'd love you to keep sending us merch. You tell us what you want to wear. Right. We'll get it printed. Yeah. Who's then got, you buy, who's then got you their hard them. factor prototype hat? Anyone, anyone within arm's reach? Not within arm's reach. No, no. Not within arm's reach. Well, we'll post yeah. a little photo tomorrow because we might, we might get those up for sale. I think they're pretty cool if you guys like mm-hmm. them. So, That's um, right. Yeah, I did a little test print. They look pretty good. Yeah, they look good. Yeah. We also have heard from a number of, uh, of ladies that, that want some merch, so we're going to try to work on that for you. Um, so, Maybe a shirt you know. that says, my boyfriend turned me on to Hard Factor. Ooh. That's right. But remember, not all, not all of them are turned on by boyfriends. That's right. So well, you could, just, yeah. Just, just most of them. What about my man? <laughs> yeah. yeah. My we'll get man. You some. We'll get you some eventually. But uh, yeah, so that's, that's that. That's the spiel. Take it for what it's worth. Let's get into a, into a Trump date, guys. Because uh, we got a big interview. We got to get right into yeah, it. We got a big interview with a federal congressman. And we kind of give him, kind of give it to him a little bit. So you'll hear that at the end. Well, of the we show. talk politics. Yeah. I don't. I, I yeah. We just we we we, we had a conversation. We, with we chat. We had a conversation. We yeah. yeah. It was it was it was good. Really good. Really good interview. So yeah, stay tuned for that. But first, a lot of stuff. Uh, a lot of Trump stuff to go over. He is, again, dominating the headlines. Uh, we have some good news, bad news, and cocky news, so let's just get into it. Uh, first, we're going to go to the bad news. Um, a new book uh, has come out by uh, Bob Woodward. For those of you who don't know who Bob Woodward is, he's an investigative journalist and works for The Washington Post, has for a very long time. Became famous for being one of the first to uh, report on Watergate and Nixon's shady dealings. So he took, took Nixon out now uh, with his new book, Rage, He's seemingly trying to do the same thing to Trump because. He, hmm? Well, I was going to say, you ever heard of a porno movie called Deep Throat? Yeah, I have. Uh, it's not a porno movie. Deep Throat. No, that's the name of the that's the name of the spy. And and a porno, probably the, high, the highest grossing yeah. porno movie of all time in the theaters. Nice. Come on, bro. <laughs> um, what's it called? Uh, this guy is just take. This guy's the president destroyer. He really yeah. is. Yeah, I think there was a little movie made about him called All the President's Men. More cinema facts coming right at you. Cool. Um, Anyway, yeah, he's got a new book out called Rage. And um, he uh, in that book, he revealed that President Trump knew and admitted to the serious dangers of coronavirus, acknowledged those dangers, but purposely downplayed the virus's dangers to the public. Uh, Trump told well, Woodward, uh, hmm, hmm. What, what's, what's surprising here? <laughs> nothing what's, yet. What's, not, not, what's nothing. The, what's, uh, what's the reveal? Well, nothing. I, I mean, what do you mean? What's surprising? Because Trump 
lies a lot or what's surprising? Could no, he... like, of course. No, I don't. Unless you think Trump's a dumb dumb. He knew right. it was pretty serious because he's getting Thanks. all this information from doctors. So if unless you think Trump's stupid, he right. knew it was a serious virus. Right. But right. I guess the and news unless is... you haven't been paying attention, he's been downplaying it. He right. told and, public one and thing. He said, well, yeah, but he said that because he didn't want to start a, uh, a panic, which look, in some cases that that strategy works out great, like probably with the aliens in, in mm-hmm. a global pandemic. I don't think that's a great strategy because people, you know, will go out and, and be reckless. But yeah, I understand. I, I don't want I don't know what the reveal is, though. Right. Uh, it's it's it, in my opinion, Mark, it's a big nothing burger. Uh, yeah. And and I well, think Trump thinks this is the same coming thing from guys who just like, you know, you just see your dog shit on the carpet every day and then he shits the carpet again. And <laughs> you're not surprised by it, but he still no, shit the I carpet. Mean, you know what I mean? I'm certainly I'm certainly not happy uh, with with Trump on this, because I think that a lot of people went out that if he'd said, don't go outside, you know, they probably wouldn't have because um, they listen to whatever he says. But, uh, yeah, it's just not a surprise to me, though. Right. It's not a surprise. I knew um, this. Yeah. Yeah. So what he said, uh, the quote and some of the quotes in the book, um, uh, Trump said, I wanted uh, to always play it down. I still like playing it down because I don't want to create a panic. Um, right. And that's that's what that's, uh, you know, that's what that was in the book. Um, and then some other stuff, you know, there's a lot of stuff in the book like uh, Mattis. You know, he, he uses some quotes from Mattis. He uses a lot like it sounds like a lot of quotes from people that don't like Trump that we've heard before that are disparaging of Trump. Um, so, again, not anything new right there. Um, there are also quotes in the book attributed to Dr. Fauci, which claimed he said Trump had the attention span of a minus number and that Trump's sole purpose was to get reelected. Um, but when asked about those quotes on Fox News, uh, Fauci said he did not recall them and said he, quote, uh, didn't get any sense that Trump was distorting anything. So, man, you, who why would you even talk to this Bob Woodward guy? He gets everybody in. Trouble. Right. That's what I'm wondering. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm not I'm going to say I'm going to say no. To from the post. I'll tell you yeah. why. I'll tell you why. It's because Woodward talks to all the presidents. Uh, that's just his yeah. thing. And I mean, Trump, I Trump's it. like, hey, but I mean, why, I'm is a president. Fauci, why is Fauci telling this guy that Trump's got a negative attention span? You know, it's coming back around. It's going to come know. out. Do you I well, mean, now, the, now the worst part is there's the audit. It's just. Audio recordings, you know, that's, you know, with which, that's which Trump saying. gave with with Woodward's permission. Woodward's uh, like a like a human version of Alexa. He's just like recording you at all times. I mean, yeah, right. he's, he said in his audio recordings uh, of COVID compared to the flu, this is more deadly, which he did not say publicly. But my favorite was it goes through the air, Bob. That's always <laughs> tougher than the touch. You know, the touch. You don't have to touch things. Right. But the air, you just breathe the air and that's how it's passed. <laughs> It was, it's like the, yeah, it's the best. If you haven't heard the audio recording, mm-hmm. check it out. Yeah. I mean, he did downplay it, right? So, and then yeah. as Mark said, it's, 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 it can be dangerous to do that kind of stuff. But, um, uh, Trump. Well, it's just, it's just like it works sometimes and it doesn't. It's, you know, what's for the best interest. I think during a pandemic, it's not the best strategy for a meteor that's about to hit the world. Like, uh, yeah, probably don't, don't mention it, but downplay right. it. Yeah. But you, you mean, you don't want to do the, the opposite of what, what you, you know, what some people did, which is really, Rile, rile people. You don't want to fear monger, right? It's just you gotta, tough. You got to find. You got to find a balance. He lied. Find a balance. He lied to it's everyone's to find face, a and then when it he got called on, he was like, "Well, I lied to your to your face for your own good." That's that's the tough part about it, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, Fauci's saying he didn't recall them, so that kind of you know throws in the question. Some of the other quotes in the book, maybe who knows? Um, and that uh, Trump responded to the book. No, Wes, uh, the, the, hmm? the Trump quotes are on audio record, right? Maybe some the Fauci of them are, yes, yeah. Yeah, some of them are, but not Fauci. So, you know, uh, that that kind of stuff, you got to kind of question. Um, so Trump um, did did respond to the uh, to the book. Um, he said, well, I think if you said in order to reduce a panic, perhaps that's so. The fact is, I'm a cheerleader for this country. I love our country and I don't want people to be frightened. I don't want to create a panic, as you say. And certainly I'm not going to drive this country or world into a frenzy. We want to show confidence. We want to show strength. So seems to be sliding right off old Teflon Don. Uh, yeah, he's not too worried about it. Trump's a rose tinted glasses that we guy, as we hinted at. He wants to, you know, be surrounded by people with big shoulders, tell everyone they got great shoulders. He doesn't want to be around the guy with uh, one arm and one leg, you know, and mm-hmm. he, like, he likes to Gross. be confident and be surrounded by confidence and, and exude yeah. confidence. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're going by presidents lying to the American public, let's just string them all up. You all know of I mean? them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, now in some cocky news, uh, Trump has announced he is not going to prepare for his debates with Joe Biden. 
the first one being Ooh. on September 29th in Cleveland. Um, he will not be holding mock debates like he did in 2016 and is relying on Biden to uh, win the debate for him with his gaffes and blanking out on stage. So I can't wait for the debates. Oh, man. Bring them on. We got to get in touch with Predict It and start setting up some markets. Oh, yeah. For the I'm debates. Talk, yeah. I'm, I'm gambling my about... wiener off. What's that date one more time? We don't have many days. It's like September 26th, 27th. It's less than three weeks away. Sometime soon. September yeah. 29th. In Cleveland. Yeah. What's bigger, football uh, back today or the debate on the 29th? I mean, they're just both big. That's it's all good. It's all the good, baby. <laughs> the, ra- the debate ratings, <laughs> debate ratings are going to crush like anything. I might get a bigger TV. We're going to have to do like a live stream before and after, like instant reactions, and we're going to yeah. gamble. It's going to yeah. be nice. Mm-hmm. I'm so, uh, it. yeah, it's going to be amazing. So, Trump's campaign manager Bill Stipen or Stipen says, "quote Joe Biden is not formidable anywhere else, but he is formidable on the debate stage." We just hope he shows up. Uh, Trump is apparently studying Biden's voting record over his long career and is aiming to expose the difference between Biden and his more liberal uh, running mate, Kamala Harris. And um, and finally, in some great news that will he said he, hmm? he said he wasn't prepping, but he is studying. I'm confused. He's not doing any mock um, debates and he's not um, he, he obviously he's prepping. He's. 100 percent prepping. He's totally he's prepping right now. Yeah. 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 But he's he's not worried is is the main thing here. He's he's relying on Biden to uh you know shoot himself. This has in the got foot. like this has got like heavyweight big big fight boxing vibes. Does this his voting like, record come in audiobook yeah. form? <laughs> Can you get um, me an audiobook of his voting record? Yeah. And then some news that will that Pat will absolutely hate and make Trump more cocky. Uh, he's been nominated for a Nobel Pro- Peace Prize by uh, <laughs> Christian uh, Tybring Gijed, a member of the Norwegian parliament and chairman of the NATO Parliamentary Assembly uh, for Trump's work in securing a peace deal with Israel and the United Arab Emirates or UAE. Uh, the Norwegian said, go. quote, for his merit, I think he has done more trying to create peace between nations than most other Peace Prize nominees. He added, indeed, Trump has broken a 39-year-old streak of American presidents either starting a war or bringing the United States into an international armed conflict. The last president to avoid doing so was Peace Prize laureate Jimmy Carter. So, uh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh-huh. Fun fact about Christian Tybring Jid is he was in a coma until right before the uh, the summit, and then he went right back into a coma. And then well, just look, I mean, like, he, he did do a good thing with the I'm peace kidding. in the Middle East. I'm this kidding. is the rare, you know, yeah. one of those situations where uh, he, he can win the Oscar and the Razzie, right? Yeah. Like, it depends listen, on, yeah. Listen up, yeah. future presidents. You want a yeah. peace prize, you just stay at yeah. war. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, that's a good, it's good, that's good, good thing to do. That's a good thing. So let's move it on over to predict it real quick. We are less than three weeks away from the first of debates. As we said, less than two months from the election. Uh, books are coming out. Nobel Prizes are being thrown around. Biden is up nearly seven points in the national poll average. Hillary was up by 7% in many polls in 2016. We, will we see a repeat or a new president? Predicted.org slash promo slash hard factor 20. Listen, we talked about this. Let me tell you something right now. This presidential debate is going to be fucking amazing. Oh. Trump has claimed, like I said, he's not preparing. Will Biden show us he is the next president or the next nursing home patient? It's going to be electric and predict I it will. I swear hmm. to God, if you if you guys sign up for this, and a lot of you already have, so yeah. good for you. The ones that haven't, if you sign up for this and gamble with us on the debate night, it will, oh. you will have a time. Yeah, get your, free, get your free 20 so now. You will have a time. Play yeah. around on the site, learn it, because then mm-hmm. once that first yeah. debate pops, it's going to change your life. Gonna be you gotta you gotta no, I saw not, some people not guaranteeing you're gonna win thousands of dollars, but you no. will have a time. It's gonna be quite a night and there's gonna be yeah. three of them. So you got yeah. three just set yourself up for three great nights by signing up today. Deposit at least twenty bucks. You can't deposit if you less deposit less than twenty bucks, you're not gonna get the free twenty. Remember that. So um yeah, and then the, the plethora of state markets you can bet on that will all close relatively the same time after the election is over. It's gonna be fucking amazing. Get in now, predictit.org slash promo slash hard factor twenty. There you go. All right, guys, here's an awful story for you. As Wes, uh, oh, I guess your, your teasing of like the Trump thing is actually kind of how the show's going, too. Because um, mm-hmm. I think Pat's is funny. So it starts okay. like, yeah. Um, well, here's an awful one. Uh, it's uh, good, good, but the story's bad. Let's just get into it. Okay. Uh, the New York gynecologist that Andrew Yang's wife accused of sexual assault has now been charged with six federal sex abuse charges, including abusing a minor. Cool. A gyno. Yeah. Wow. That's like a that's like that's like a priest. Hiding oh. in plain sight. No, yeah, yeah not as bad. Yeah, but still bad. Hiding in plain sight. 
Um, yeah, age wasn't a problem for the abhorrent doctor of Columbia, Dr. Robert Haddon. Hadn't a problem keeping his hands to himself. Hmm. Uh, sorry about the sexual assault jokes. They're tough, but his name is just screaming for a punning. Uh, hadn't seen the light of day for 10 years is hopefully what we say about him 10 years from now. <laughs> and right? totally uh, redeems himself. See, right? Mark, to- that was it's always <laughs> difficult because sexual assault sucks. It's the worst. But yeah, you're right. Sick, sick name for a pun. And I was really you were going off the rails. But then the yeah. reverse pun bringing it back to and that, his and potential jail time. I'm Whoa. glad you caught that. that. Was two two completely different words replaced by his last name. Both work. Just right. a great pun name. Belonging to a truly a uh, horrible human being. Couldn't hadden to a worse person. That's three. Oh, okay. Uh, now, now all, see, now you all, won. All, all, I'm throwing off. Lots of listeners are there being like, I don't know how I feel about this. Mark Carey. Oh, I, I'm back. I'm back on him. Yeah, Back triple pun, three different words. Fuck this guy. So over the course of 20 years, this guy molested his patients, uh, oftentimes getting them to travel across state lines to come visit him at his uh, doctor's office in New York, which is why it's federal crimes, because they had to cross state lines. Uh, Audrey Strauss, who's the acting U.S. Um, attorney in, in New York uh, or southern New York, uh, said that at a press conference that Prad- uh, Haddon's a predator in a white coat, which is sounds sounds about right. Yep. Um, yeah, he got away with it for so long, guys, because most of his patients, uh, for most of his patients, he was the first gynecologist for them. So he was doing some extra stuff, but they didn't know. They thought it was probably normal and that just gynecology exams suck. Uh, and he was getting away with a lot of really gross shit. Um, yeah, that's uh, it's tough. Um, one yeah. of his victims even was a, a baby he delivered and then I waited for her to grow up and then uh, molest her um, after she was. Oh, uh, you know, my yeah, God. So pretty fucking sick. Uh, this guy. Um, each of the six federal charges are up to 20 years in prison, so he's fucked. Um, it's also way more than six women that have uh, accused him of, of molestation, um, but I think they picked the six like federal crimes, mm-hmm. and I guess maybe the ones they think can stick and be the most um, you know, longest sentences or whatever. So that's it. Fuck this guy. That's That's the story. That he wish he hadn't have done that. Yeah. yeah, there you go. See, it's fun. I mean, I hate this guy, but it's fun to. <laughs> yeah. Nothing yeah. worse than a guy or a gal that like puts themselves in a position of trust and power. And then what a piece! Of, I know piece of human it's, garbage. Yeah, it's tough. They should they should tattoo the Hippocratic oath on his body uh, with a rusty nail. Just to, yeah, just to and cut his dick and fingers off. Yeah, get mm-hmm. us his yep. address. We're gonna mail that guy our pubes. Uh, guys, this next story is brought to you by Daddy. Infertility. It's a huge problem for guys. And things do not get better as we age, unfortunately. Uh, I'm talking about Daddy, spelled D-A-D-I. Their mission is to make the process of fertility testing and sperm banking, which is the act of banking your sperm, as comfortable, convenient, and cost-effective as possible. And I'll be honest, guys, you know, look, they are our sponsors. We got to nice, say, say nice things about them. But it's nice when you get a sponsor that really, like, it is. Everything they're, they're, they're saying here is true. It's cost-effective as fuck. It's easier than going to any sort of weird sperm bank. Uh, masturbating in awkward rooms, uh, and then handing your cup of seed over to someone. Here you go. Yeah, hoping that it's not weirdly warm. You don't know. Where do I put this? Yeah, you don't know. Is there a tray? <laughs> is this the grossest one today? Yeah. Yeah. Is this a good amount? Or yeah, should, I good... Do more? should I go back in? <laughs> is this a good color? Yeah. You're so stressed about spilling it. I mean, yeah. I'm an awkward guy. You throw me in any situation socially, I'm going to be awkward. It's, talk about coming out of a fucking room you just jerked it into analog porn. And then I'll... I can confirm. Yeah, I can confirm that wiping a little bit of semen off the lid that you, you messed up is one of the most embarrassing moments of your life. Yeah. Oh. And you, yeah, it's the fuck. You thought you thought a urine sample was bad. <laughs> Come on, guys. Anyway, guys, you can store your sperm from the cupboard of your own home. And daddy just takes your sperm. They send you a little kit. Wes just showed it on screen. Hard factor. Um, YouTube.com slash hard factor news. Uh, it's a delight. Uh, you just come in it and then you uh, ship it. Daddy takes your sperm. They test it and then they store it for you if you want. And it's like cheap as fucks. So you don't have to worry about a thing. You never have to leave your house. You can do it right in your masturbation chair. These services at sperm banks usually cost thousands of dollars. And that's true. If you ever had a friend or a family member go through infertility treatments, it's pricey. But Daddy provides an at-home collection kit, lab-tested fertility report. So you can know how many uh, little swarms you got and a year of sperm storage just for 200 bucks. So like a night out, a big night out, uh, you know, dinner, movie, maybe a birthday. That's that's what it's going to cost to store your sperm for a year. It's like three months of cable. Wow. Get in there. Uh, and right now, guys, we're providing a special limited time offer for the Barstool community of 50 bucks off your first purchase. You can store your sperm for a buck 50 cheap. All you got to do is go to daddy kit. That's D-A-D-I kit.com. Order your kit and make sure to enter promo code factor 50. 
That's F-A-C-T-O-R, and then the number is 50-FACTOR-50. During checkout, get that $50 off. Uh, let's get into our feel-good story of the day. 80-year-old Har- Harry Harvey of England is a hiker, boys. He always has been. He always will be. Uh, but now that he's getting up there in years, 80, that's an old-ass hiker, let's just say he don't hike like he used to. And okay. Last weekend, Harry was out on a hike when a hailstorm, a massive one with gale, storm, gale force winds, hit him and his hiking partner, and they became separated uh, while they were navigating through the Yorkshire Dales in northern England. Now, I don't know how you get separated on a walk, uh, but apparently this happened. Must have been a real bad storm, or maybe his hiking one partner doesn't, doesn't like him. One person doesn't turn around for a yeah. while. Yeah, one usually person doesn't it. care about the other person. Yeah, yeah one right. person has a, uh, is a life insurance beneficiary of the other person. Guys, anyway, right. that's just those are just theories. That's not the story. So they, they get separated, and shortly thereafter, on Sunday at 1.30, uh, Harry was reported missing, which kicked off a massive manhunt for the octogenarian that included more than 100 police, Royal Air Force, and mountain rescue workers. So they were really looking for this old guy. Uh, imagine if it was a, you know, a young person. This was a big... This is a big search for an 80-year-old. But anyway. Friendly town. Couldn't find him. Terrible. Everyone was worried, worried sick. And on Wednesday, guys, his family, uh, they were hopeless. And the only thing they had left to do was, I guess, to give a press conference. They'd already been looking for him for like four days, hadn't found him. So they got together at a pub uh, to give this press conference to plead with the public to help find old Harry. And just before they began, guess who walked through the door? Harry. It was Harry. Old Harry. And in tr- like, like like nothing was wrong. In true old man fashion, Harry was not happy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was angry. Was he was he was he asking why weren't people looking for me? He was furious. <laughs> well, he was just he was just cranky because he's an old man. He said uh when when he was asked by reporters, the, the reporters that gathered to spread the word about his disappearance, uh how he felt about the whole thing, Harry said, quote <laughs> If I'd had known about this, I wouldn't have come back. I could do without all this. <laughs> I love it. He's like a he's like a doesn't like surprise party guy. <laughs> yeah, who <laughs> wandered off a fucking hailstorm? No, he's like uh, pissed at everyone that they were looking I for. Love great, ungrateful uh, old shit. Right, I'm tired and achy. <laughs> it's in a pub. Go get a beer, Harry. Yeah. Well, guys, uh, apparently Harry fell off a bridge while he was lost. And uh, he lost his cl- compass and his glasses, uh, but he didn't seem to give a shit, saying, quote, I had three really good wild camping nights where I was on my own and had all the kit I needed, which is supplies. The only thing I was getting a bit short of, I've got a hell of an appetite. And when I get hungry, <laughs> I've got got to get something to eat or I can't go on. So I hear Harry essentially came home because he was hungry. He was just he would have stayed out there. Well, did he- did he, or was it because he lost his compass? No, when he fell off his bridge and couldn't find his way home. Well, apparently he was fine. This was after he like wandered off. Harry was just camping. He was cool. And then he got hungry. He's like, I think I'll go home now. Um, anyway, his son says he's grounded and uh, he can't go any more hikes. Good, yeah, good luck. To yeah, his son. no more hikes for Harry. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, guys, let's take it to an interview with sitting U.S. House of Representatives member Ken Buck of Colorado. All right. Welcome to the show, Representative Ken Buck, who is a congressman from the 4th District of the great state of Colorado, author of Capital of Freedom, Restoring America to Greatness, Drain the Swamp, How um, Washington Corruption is Worse Than You Think, and Rotten to the Core, a congressman exposes how Washington corruption is worse than you think. That's a lot of corruption there, uh, there, Ken. You, yeah, Ken, you write, you write more books than Donald Trump Jr., it seems like. You're, you're a busy guy. <laughs> I write a few books, and I write about corruption, because that's what I see in D.C., absolutely. All right. Well, let's get right into it, then. Um, we're going to go uh, – Congressman, you are one of the leaders in the antitrust issues uh, when it comes to Facebook, Apple, Google, and Amazon. You are a member of the Subcommittee on Antitrust, Commercial, and Administrative Law and grilled the CEOs of those major companies on whether they were – stifling competitors and, and hurting consumers with their with their power. Uh, you were also a leader on, on foreign human rights and wanted to make sure that those companies assured you that no forced labor would be used to create their products and that no products that used uh, slave labor to, uh, to be produced would be sold by them. Um, can you can you just get into that a little bit for us and, and tell us tell us where that's at now? And yeah, what's and, your uh, beef with trust, Ken? I'm a trust guy. I mean, I think I try to build it everywhere I go. Why you why you anti it? Oh, I'm, I'm in favor of trust fund babies, especially when they make political contributions. But this kind of trust is a little bit uh, different. <laughs> 
We're, you can't call them that when they're given, though. You know, you got to call them. Oh, uh, you know, uh, friends. That's what we call them when they give. Right? Or Francis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this is a, a situation where the trust laws were written uh, more than 100 years ago to cover railroads and oil companies. And, and now we've got this whole new form of technology and they're really not um, up to speed. They're not relevant to what we're dealing with today with with Google and Amazon and, and Facebook and, and Twitter and Apple. And so. Uh, what we're trying to do is just examine what needs to be done so that the, the large companies don't crush the small companies. We continue to have innovation in this country. When we look at a world marketplace, what sets America apart from the rest of the world, not inexpensive labor and not uh, uh, sort of uh, poor working conditions, what sets us apart from the rest of the world is that we have innovation. And if we crush small companies, we're going to lose that innovative advantage that we have in the world. So, Ken, I have a question. Full disclosure, I used to work for you know Whole Foods and Ipso Facto Amazon and, and was in the IT world. What can you as Congress do to limit some of these monopolies or what are you planning on doing? I watched the hearing. It was very interesting to me. Like, what's the next steps? What are, what are they? So the next step is to well, – the first step was to expose the problems that are going on, how Amazon crushes companies. They they go into a market. Uh, they have the, the platform so that people go to Amazon and they buy from Amazon, and then Amazon creates its own products uh, to compete with the customers that are actually selling on Amazon. So uh, what we need to do is we need to figure out uh, the tools that the regulators need to keep Amazon in check. Nothing wrong with being big. Big is successful. And, and in this country, we celebrate success. The problem is that when you use that success to crush others, uh, that's a problem. So we need to update the laws. So we we started with this investigation that that exposed what was going on. We will, we will write a report in the next few months, and then we will uh, start to look at statutory changes to update the antitrust laws. Do you think there will be laws changed in 2021? You think you'll pass something? So nothing happens in 2020 because it's a presidential election year. Uh, once we get through the election, uh, we're, we're looking at uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and there's not a whole lot of, of uh, productive time in, in that time frame. But I do think in 2021, you're going to see statutory changes uh, that, that will be uh, uh, recommended and, and uh, that committees will hear and, and go through. The problem is we have to make sure that we don't have wholesale changes in antitrust law that creates a, an inconsistency or insecurity in the marketplace. So companies have to know that if they merge with another company, they're not going to get sued 10 years later um, and, and be involved in a long lawsuit with the government. So as long as we give uh, companies the, the 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 idea that that they are uh, uh, we're going to continue to enforce antitrust laws um, in most cases the way we have we're just updating them for the platforms. Ken, have you seen the movie Terminator Two? Uh, I have not. Well, oh, you should. You should are you? That. Did you guys talk at all about you know in the back rooms of Congress or did you know I watched most of the hearings but I might I might have missed this about the impending takeover of the robots of our earth and uh what's your thoughts on that like how how soon until we're slaves i know you got some inside baseball yeah um no <laughs> no uh, okay but well, let me let me let me follow up on that oh go ahead sorry go ahead well i i i think you know i think robots are fascinating um i'm not sure they're ever going to have the artificial intelligence to uh to take over the world and i certainly don't think it's going to happen during my lifetime so for you younger folks good luck uh, I, I hope it's mm. messed up. Thanks, Ken. Th- thanks yeah. Ken. thanks Thank a lot, you. Ken. I'll shoot well, a robot if I on see that, it. On, on that note, I mean, you guys, you guys pulled in some of the big dogs, right? Apple, Amazon, uh, Google, um, Facebook. So Facebook. You brought in the CEOs, right? But one guy who wasn't there, and I know he doesn't own a huge, huge, huge company like that, but you got to keep your eye on Elon Musk. Are you guys keeping your eye on him? Well, he's getting kicked out of California, is my understanding. So we're going to keep an okay. eye on him. Uh, we're going to invite him All to right. Colorado, and and hopefully he he settles in a in a more uh, business friendly state. Well, he's he came to, here. He already, he already came to Austin, Texas, with Tesla. So he already you know he's driving our rent up. So you yeah, can have him. but uh, Ken, I, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Wes. I was going to ask. Uh, moving over to the to, you know the other thing you uh, talked to them about with the forced labor. How are you? How is Congress and 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 you ensuring that these these companies aren't using forced labor or that the products on their websites that they're selling weren't created with forced labor? What's the uh, what are the uh, you know regulatory um, you know 
rules in place for that? So uh, Senator Hawley from Missouri has a bill in the in U.S. Senate, a bipartisan bill. I have a bill in the U.S. House, a bipartisan bill uh, where we're asking companies to certify that they are not using slave labor. And so I asked each of the four CEOs who were at the hearing. It was kind of interesting to me because uh, the first two sort of hedged and, and hemmed and, and wasn't sure. And I'll have my staff work with your staff. And, and I, hmm. I told them, look, my, I don't, my staff doesn't like working with me. I'm not sure they're going to like working with your staff either. So you, you just need to figure this out. And, and a yes or no answer would be appreciated. And then finally, they did say, yes, they would not use slave labor or sell any products on their platforms that use slave labor. Yeah, sounds like uh, give us a couple of years and we'll clean it up. Yeah, right. pass. Yeah, well, Ken, you know, uh, one company noticeably absent from the antitrust hearings was uh, the guy that got it in the rear end in the '90s, in Mr. Bill Gates, and uh, those cats are looking to maybe purchase uh, this new company, this little dance company called TikTok. First, I got to ask you, Ken, you a dancer what, at a wedding? Do you take the floor? What? As long as there's no video cameras around, I'm I'm a dancer. So I, I, I well, sing man. in the shower and I probably dance as as um you know I'm I'm going to work or something. But no, I, I yeah I would not uh, I would not try out for Dancing with the Stars. Well, so do you, you dance on tick? Do you dance on TikTok? Do you have an account? I do not have an account, and and I can tell you that I'm I'm uh, I, I have serious reservations until it gets sold to an American company for for anybody in this country to have a, a TikTok account. Well, let's talk about that. So you introduced the uh, the bill to ban TikTok or bar federal employees from downloading uh, TikTok on government issued devices, right? That was part of the uh, the the defense policy bill. What's your vibe here? Because you know we talked to John McAfee. I don't know if you ever heard of him. He's a security guy. Uh, he also has some weird scatological sexual stuff. But you know that's that's McAfee. Anyway, we we talked to him, and uh, he was like, "Man, your data is everywhere. Don't worry about it." I, I can understand, I guess, why you would want to ban government employees from from rocking the TikTok on their device. But at the same point, you know, there's TikTok offices opening everywhere, and it's creating a lot of U.S. jobs. Like, what are your thoughts in about the uh, the platform? In general, I mean, I know I know some of some of our colleagues at Barstool going out to the TikTok house maybe in a couple of weeks. They'd be pretty sad if it was shut down when they got out there. So uh, TikTok is is being used by the Chinese Communist Party to spy on America. And I'm not suggesting that we don't spy on the Chinese and the Russians and, and other countries. We do. But uh, if there were a conflict uh, between the U.S. and China, China would conduct a cyber warfare attack on the U.S. And the information that they gather through a device like TikTok would be used against Americans to try to shut down our economy during a, a conflict. And so we just did you guys, be aware Did you guys get in? Did you guys get into the specifics on what the info is? I feel like there's a lot of misinformation, but I'm sure that, you know, you got some good intel on what data they, they have access to. Well, well, they have access to just about everything because they've hacked into just about every website in, in America. So, uh, you know, they, they, they know. And I, in fact, I've talked to them. They know your Social Security number. They know your date of birth. And they also know what songs you sing in the shower. So they, they, well, they don't want my social. I got bad credit. Ken. Yeah, I mean, they, they don't. You know, I mean, they're barking up the wrong tree. But yeah, they're going to get Discover cards. If they try <laughs> to fly watch my social. But it's not good for the the people that are uh, financially responsible in America. But for yeah, us, it doesn't, matter. it doesn't matter. doesn't matter. Yeah. So it's not it's not like a footloose situation where you're just anti dance. No, 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 no. I'm pro dance. I'm I'm in favor of happiness and joy uh, all across this country, and, and especially in Colorado. All right. Can, can well, you can you give? I, just, I have a question. Can you give me an example of how they use that information? Like how how would they use that information to shut down the American economy? What information are you are you speaking of? Like through TikTok? I mean, to me, it looks like a bunch of you know teenagers dancing around doing doing fun stuff. Um, you know why? What exactly can they do with that? With that, um, what's the what's the main concern? So once they have a, a name, once they have identifying information, whether it's date of birth, social security number, once they get into a, a phone, once they've got enough information to get into a bank account, they can start making transactions in bank accounts that shut down our financial system. If you couldn't use a credit card or or uh, some other, if you had to use cash to pay for everything in this country, this country would slow down uh, significantly. If you couldn't communicate by email, uh, a grocery store with a supplier, uh, the, the, the supply chain would shut down. So uh, the information that they gather is the kind of information that they can use to shut down our, our financial system, as, as well as uh, other communication devices. We are in a digital age of, of money, and I think we're going to get to that in a little bit. But let's talk about the MBA first. So do you think the MBA um, 
has some answering to do about China and, and, and what do you what are your thoughts about about the NBA? Well, look, I think anybody that deals with China um, and and uh, pretends for a moment that they are friends or pretends for a moment that they share our values uh, is making a big mistake. And I think that when the NBA and, and other pro sports leagues talk about social justice in this country, they're absolutely right to do so. But they also have a responsibility to the people who live in other countries to make sure that they don't just treat that as a marketplace, that they also promote social justice in, in the countries that they are are selling to and, and buying from. So I, I think we all would agree with you on that in that last statement. Um, and we definitely uh, are pretty upset about what's going on with, with the Uyghurs and, and, and the Chinese government in general. But let's transition to what's going on here, as you as you kind of touched on. Um, there's what a police reform act that was passed in the house is kind of stalled. I think you voted no on that. You can, you can answer that, but like, what, what are your thoughts on, on police reform in America and, and Congress is really, I guess, inactivity on passing anything related to it. So yeah. And, and specifically also why you voted no on George on the George Floyd bill. Sure. So, so here's the, the situation. I was in law enforcement for 25 years. Uh, I have prosecuted bad cops. I have uh, given uh, awards to great cops. Um, and I recognize that there are some bad uh, police officers in, in this country. But one of the things that we value in this country is the fact that the federal government doesn't tell a local school board what to do. It doesn't tell a local police department. So as a member of Congress, I'm not telling the county commissioners in my county what they need to tell, what they need to instruct the sheriff to do in terms of, of policing, nor am I telling the, the mayor uh, of a, a city that I live in what, what the police should do in that city. We need police reform. And in so far as that we study police reform in Congress and we can put out something with best practices for states and, and local communities to adopt, I'm absolutely in favor of it. When it comes to Congress telling states and other uh, government, other levels of government, what they should do. Um, I'm opposed to it. I think it's it's the wrong policy. It's wrong when we talk about it in healthcare, and it's wrong when we talk about it in policing. Well, what specifically? Because well, right. the, right. the, well, the chokeholds uh, is pretty similar, but uh, I'm sound, talking yeah, about it. Sounds like yeah, it sounds like we, when we talked with another, uh, you're you're obviously a sitting congressman. We talked with a, a candidate for Congress that mentioned, you know, potentially chokeholds in his county with female cops versus large men. You know, like certain holds. Local authorities need to to make their own decisions, but there and you touched on it. Like there are certain things that you could probably do, like a national database for people that have gotten in trouble. And so there are some reforms that probably you, as Congress, could could step in and, and all agree that that would help and maybe would help alleviate some of the civil unrest and, and stress in America. So, like yeah. you mentioned, it's election year. What? Why is there like no activity going into passing bills for police reform? I don't think there's no activity. I think what you've got is uh, you've got an election year and you have a, a Democrat party that wants to uh, promote one set of issues and a Republican party wants to promote another. I, I absolutely agree with you. I have seen bad police officers um, allowed to leave a department, not be fired, not have anything on their record, or leave a department and then go work for another department. The police officers right. who have used excessive force. That's absolutely wrong. And that has to be, right. it has to be a change in culture, number one. But then number two, we need to create a database. Is it state by state with interstate compacts so that if officers go across state lines, we know about them? Is it a federal database? It's a great discussion for a, a hearing. But when you take 10 or 12 different issues and you throw them together, and, and a lot of them really violate the fundamental principles that we have of, of uh, federalism in this country. I think it's a mistake. Well, Ken, are you, are you saying it's a constitutional thing? Because, right, obviously there's there's not, you know, telling states exactly what they need to do with their police force. But in my opinion, I mean, that that's the number one thing, that you have all these police forces that are completely disjointed. There's no unified voice. They all have different policies, different rules. And obviously, I mean, we're going through a time of social unrest, right? And when that happens, usually that's a quelling. That's that's uh, That's been a long time coming. And I look to Congress to act during this time when, you know, police reform is at the forefront of everyone's tongue, which it is right now. Because if if we don't, if we if we let it go, then, you know, the social unrest might die down slightly and it might not be as a hot button issue from your constituents. So it's like it's time to act now. And to me, it's chokeholds, no knock and qualified immunity. Which well, right. one? Which one to use the big issue? You know, I, I, I understand having certain issues with the with the with the bill, but people are dying and we got to do something. More to the point, is there is there a counter bill to the George Floyd bill? 
that's being worked on. Oh, there absolutely have been counter bills that haven't been allowed to be brought up in, in Congress. I, I, for, for example, uh, in Colorado, uh, no knocks are severely restricted. You've got to have a court order. And in that court order, you've got to show that the person who you believe is in this residence, apartment, whatever, um, is dangerous. And, and uh, you've got to protect police officers when they're involved in, in conducting a search warrant or an arrest warrant. So there, there are two sides to this uh, uh, equation, and you, you have to make sure that you don't put police officers at unnecessary risk also. For sure. Yeah. And also the, the national database, I think, like which we all agree on, um, the Catholic Church could look into that too. National databases <laughs> in general. Um, but yeah, um, we need to know where shitty people are. are. They can't another, yeah. another hot button topic uh, in 2020, obviously, because we got uh, this damn global pandemic is is economic relief. So I know you're, you know, fiscally responsible. You're, you're hard on your hard line on that, it seems like. But like, what can Congress do to help the American people? It's, I guess it was like in mid-March, late March, you passed the CARES Act and then nothing since. There's been the HEROES Act, which was $3 trillion from the Democrats. There was the uh, the HEALS Act a couple months later from the Republicans, which was $1 trillion. And it seems like it's just completely stalled. W- what's going on now and, and what can Congress do to help the American people? So so understand that the, the, the federal government doesn't shut down the economy. Um, each governor has put restrictions in the, in the 50 states um, and, and also in, in territories uh, in terms of what uh, what interaction can happen, what what restaurants can be open in what way, uh, other retail stores, um, and, and how people can, can interact with each other. Masks, no masks, this many people in public. So that is not something the federal government has done. And when you have one level of government writing the check and the other level of government that, that doesn't feel any restriction because it's being given the money, there, there's a serious problem there. And so uh, as the economies open up, the revenue will start increasing to the state's and, and they can figure out a lot of what's going on. What the federal government should be doing and, and has done is make sure that we have testing equipment available, make sure that we have personal protective equipment available, make sure that we have the, the resources that we need to combat the disease. We have funded uh, vaccine research. We have done a lot of things that will deal with this, but, but it's at a state level that the, the primary uh, care of, of the individual health is, is being governed. Right. right. And, and I don't I don't disagree with you there. And, and it, it might not be fair, but you don't have control over which states completely shut down their economies, causing a lot of jobs to be lost. But yeah. we are where we are. What can the federal government, what can Congress, because the executive branch passed four executive orders and the CDC stepped in, which is a part of the executive branch and said no evictions till December 31st. So it seems like the executive branch is still doing things or, or trying to do things to help the American people financially, but the legislative branch hasn't done anything since March 27th. And so what Karen, are they do, what the, are you doing? On that note, you wrote a note on the CARES Act, and, and I understand what you're saying in terms of, of the individual right. governors, but you know that that is still baffles me. Can you, can you kind of shed light to that, like why you voted no on CARES? Uh, sure. How, how many turned, millions of dollars should the Kennedy Center receive when people are out of work? Right. When people Most people on the show definitely don't, didn't like the Kennedy Center. Look, I, right. we're not saying that the, the HEROES Act is, is the bee's knees or the HEALS Act is the bee's knees, but there's got to be something Absolutely. Congress can do to help. Yeah. Absolutely. But, but understand something. We have $30 trillion of debt right now. We gave the, the Fed in that act, we gave them the ability to to go into debt four trillion dollars without any congressional oversight. Um, we, if you want to see a, a, a true economic disaster, wait till we go off the cliff with our debt. So, so oh, we agree. Right. We, de- right. we definitely what, see that coming. That's what, so that's what we want to hear about. Also, but like. Kind of joking, but not really. Are we? We're not going to pay China though, like the debt we owe because they're being dicks, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, but yes, talk, talk us through then, like what would happen if if you pass a three trillion dollar bill with debt? So so like, I, what, look look if you want to pass a bill, um, you you don't give you don't give Congress a bill at eleven or members of Congress a bill at eleven o'clock at night that is a, a trillion dollar uh, addition to our debt and expect them to vote on it at, at uh, twelve ten in the morning. You just don't do that. And, and if you want to act responsibly in, in the U.S. House, you have hearings, you bring members along and, and help them understand why every penny of that bill is important. 
absolutely in favor of making sure that we have unemployment insurance and that we keep the economy solvent by giving checks to those who are in lower income brackets. Absolutely uh, in favor of making sure that small businesses get their, uh, you know, their their help that they need to to get up in, uh, to speed quickly when when they can. Absolutely opposed to making sure that we are paying off a pension system in California, the speaker's home state, because they have been irresponsible for the last 30 years. Absolutely opposed to making sure that every piece of pork gets into a bill because American public thinks it's a necessary bill. You have to act right. responsibly when you say that's money. fair. No, Ken, Ken that's, that's, that's fair. That, but, that, that's, 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 that makes totally sense. But I, I guess the question that a lot of our listeners have is the lesser of two evils, right? So, you know, and, and you know, look, you're in there. You're, you're a longstanding member of Congress. I'm sure that it pisses you off when you see, you know, your colleagues uh, from either side of the aisle putting things into a bill that are garbage, and that puts you in a difficult position. But it was kind of a wartime vote in some respects, right? Luckily, one without any violence. And, and you could sit and say, yeah, this sucks. They're giving us a bill at 1210. They want us to vote 10 minutes later, and there's a bunch of BS in there. But if, if that didn't pass, people would have died. So you mean, how do you, how do you such, explain the lesser two It's such a unique scenario, right? Like this is just a global mm-hmm. pandemic. No one could have predicted. Do you think something will be passed by Congress prior to the election in terms of economic relief for the American people? I, I do, but let me let me switch the question around a little bit. Why don't you have somebody on your show who stuck that pork into the bill and and just ran up the debt so much? Like, oh, we'd love to. We, they don't like we, to come on. They don't. We, they don't like to come try. on the show. We try. So if you if you have a friend across the aisle, tell them to come on the show, I, I and we will ask them. Ken, we're not are. trying. To, we're not trying to attack you, and we get it. I mean, I just, I just yeah, think that you know, that's is, a tough answer. The lesser of two evils. This is a question like, to Congress. It's not a, it's not a Republican or Democratic question, and, and your points are, are very valid. But the American people are looking for some help, and they don't. I mean, I, at the most part, I, again, this is not an attack on you. This is a question towards to Congress. You're at like twenty percent approval in Congress, so eighty percent of the people are not super thrilled. Like what? I understand it's an election year, but can you can you guys are you working on passing something for the police reform? Are you working on passing something for for economic relief? Those are the two big questions. Yeah, the, the answer to both of those is yes. The the answer is okay. nothing will happen until after November third. Um, Speaker Pelosi fair, fair and, and the Democrat Party want to make sure that they are messaging a certain message, and the Republican Party wants to message a different message, and nothing's going to happen until after the presidential election. Does that Very piss fair. you off? Does that make you angry? But yes. especially because you know. Yeah, you fair enough. Read, read one of the books because I'm angry that that we can't get <laughs> not to help the American people without being irresponsible. Absolutely, is a correct we saw system. you on the, we saw you on the swamp, the HBO uh, uh, HBO's the swamp. We saw just watched you on that. Um, so I know we know you get a lot of phone calls too that people are yelling at you. And stuff. <laughs> so okay. We worked in uh, Tom Coburn's office for a little while when he was a senator. Uh, Great man, R. P. Tom Coburn. Yeah, yeah. I knew Tom. I, I, yeah. uh, I knew him well, and and uh, a big loss for America. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't really have many more questions. I, I, I think you. Have yeah, I guess I have one for, yeah. for you know, Ken. You being a you know a public servant for most of your life, right? And and you're saying this is the bullshit of essentially government that nothing's going to happen until after the election, and unfortunately, our president is politicizing everything, and and. You know, uh, that's the power that he has and he's using it in that way. Like, so what do we do? And I'm not I'm not necessarily asking you as a congressperson, more asking you as an American who's who's served in the public for a long time. Like, what can we do between now and November? Because people are going to die. People are going to get evicted. People are going to lose. Well, no, CDC CDC stopped the evictions. Right, right. But like, yeah, what do you recommend? Like, what can we do? Well, look, we have to come together as Americans and we have to support businesses. I have donated money to to restaurants to try to help them stay open uh, so that, that when when this is over, they can be full-fledged businesses because I loved going there before the pandemic. And I just think uh, we've got to come together. And one of the things we have to do, frankly, is we've got to stop screaming at each other. And I'm probably screaming at you right now. So that's Agreed. not a good sign. No, yeah. Oh, no, no, no we're having a discussion. No, 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 no you're not. <laughs> and we're not screaming at you either, to be clear. No, this is a this is a conversation. But yeah, I, I agree with you. We do we need to stop screaming at each other. And, and this like, is a yeah. very politicized time. You know, we, we have to, we absolutely have to make sure that we are moving forward on social justice issues. But we also 
also have to condemn people who are burning down restaurants and spray painting Capitol buildings and and committing violent acts. And, and those two things have to be separated. But we can't be afraid to celebrate the great police officers that we have in this country. We can't be afraid to celebrate the veterans who are, uh, you know, protecting our liberties overseas. And so we, we have real greatness in this country. And I write about it in, in Capital of Freedom, that the symbols are all over the Capitol and all over this country. Um, and, and yes, we've, we've had flawed, uh, our founders were flawed in a lot of ways. And, and the uh, people who have led this country over time have been flawed. Some have been in the Ku Klux Klan, some have been in other terrible organizations. We have to condemn that, that behavior, but we have to celebrate the greatness that was created in this country at the same time. Yeah, I agree. Well, Ken, we we thank you, uh, you know, for your public service. We thank you for coming on the show. 2020 has been a tough year uh, for, for everyone, but for America uh, in particular. And we hope that you and your colleagues can um, relieve some of the pain uh, going forward by passing some things, uh, maybe maybe after the election, maybe hopefully before. But, you know, that's that's kind of what the message we have to Congress. Great. So I hear it loud and clear. We appreciate you, Ken. Thanks, sir. Thank you. Thank you, Ken. And we're going to come up to D.C. and get one of your tours. We've That's right. We're from yeah. that area. We're from D.C. <laughs> Good. I welcome you. <laughs> cool. Thanks, Ken. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Good one with Ken Buck. Uh, cool, Congress. And that's – Well, I mean, I, I appreciate his honesty. But oh, yeah. It, Thank Ken for coming on. But, but, but uh, yeah, it doesn't sound like much is going to get passed this year. Yeah. Appreciate Ken. Um, all right, guys. Well, that's going to do it for Hard Factor. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, stickers are coming in the mail. Chill. They're coming. Half of them went out. It's expensive. We're paying for it out of pocket. You know, it's going to save up. We've got to get, you know, just it's they're coming. Okay. They're coming. <laughs> Blame Mark. Uh, yeah, no, that's, that's on me. But we also have um, a new batch to print out, too. Yeah. So, oh, hell yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Make sure to follow us on socials, guys, at Hard Factor Pat, at Hard Factor Mark, at Hard Factor Wes, and at Hard Factor Will, who is off this week on vacation. Our main socials are at Hard Factor News and Barstool News Network. Uh, and have a great fucking day. She's crying. And then my voice comes in. See you later. Yeah. Every time I make a run, girl, you turn around and cry. I ask myself, why, oh, why? See, you must understand, I can't work a nine to five. So I'll be gone till November. Said I'll be gone till November, I'll be gone till November. Tell my girl, you I'll be gone till November. I'll be gone till November. I'll be gone till November. You tell my girl, you I'll be gone till November. January, February, March, April, May. I see you crying, but girl, I can't stay. I'll be gone till November. I'll be gone till November. And give a kiss to my mother. When I come back, there'll be no need to clock. I have enough money to buy out the blocks. Tell my brother go to school in September so he won't mess up in summer school in the summer. Tell my cousin Jerry where his condom is.